Hello and welcome to History Respawned. I'm your host John Harney. Today we're looking at Fallout 76, the latest entry in Bethesda's wildly successful reboot of the classic Fallout series. A little meta-history here. Fallout 3 came out in 2008, so we are now more than a decade into this reboot, quote-unquote, a period slightly longer than the 10-year gap between Fallout 2, which came out in 1998, and Fallout 3. With a new Fallout game comes feverish anticipation. I have to say I was very excited for this one. It turns out I really like crafting survival games, and my personal Steam list has a lot of hours put into games across that genre broadly defined, from Terraria to Subnautica. Fallout 76's reception has been a little rocky. I'm here today to talk about how I've engaged with this game as an historian, and Bethesda has given me plenty to think about. Though, as with the broader experiences out there with this game, it's a bit of a complicated experience. Fallout 76 is a tricky game to talk about for History Respawned, because it is in many ways a lot like previous Fallout games. So much of what Bethesda are trying to do here is mechanical, when being adventurous at all, and issues with storytelling give me a little bit less to work on than a typical Fallout or Elder Scrolls game. This is due in no small part to the Darth, or rather complete lack of, NPCs with whom the player can interact. Fallout 76 does things differently, and that makes talking about this game as an historian not always straightforward. Still, having gone through as many hours of the game as I can currently bear, three main things stick out. The use of the American tricentennial, still a few decades away in our own fragile timeline, in both marketing for the game and in the game itself. The celebration of a specific post-war American do-it-yourself ethic built around power tools and crafting your own workshop in the home. And the discovery of the in-game history via audio and textual logs. This last point is actually, in the end, the most interesting. Fallout 76 struggles to give me the sheer depth of story and history that previous Fallout titles have done, but it perhaps conveys the struggle of discovering and crafting history more effectively than the series has ever done. Marketing for the game has focused heavily on the Tricentennial, with Fallout Boy emblazoned Tricentennial iconography featuring heavily on virtual storefronts as well as on the game's box art, particularly in attempts to sell the, quote, Tricentennial Edition which included in its collection of virtual tchotchkes a patriotic Uncle Sam outfit, a bobblehead of a fallout boy saluting the flag, and tricentennial-themed armour and weapons. It's a neat little idea that unfortunately ends up not going terribly far past a conceit built around the opening of the game, as you leave an apparently recently festive, but now clearly deserted, Vault 76. It also gives us a reason this vault has opened, and gives players an earlier spot in the timeline than any previous point in the series. The storyline, such as it is, soon takes you in search of the Vault Overseer, but narratively the Tricentennial vibe is quickly frustrated. There are no people left in the Appalachians, unless you count some ghouls, but no charming types as encountered in previous games here, or the Scorched, aggressive victims of the nuclear fire and its aftermath who don't have much of an identity beyond barely animated murdering cadavers with limitless stamina. The idea here is that the big celebrations were a damp squib. Of course, in the world of Fallout that shouldn't be terribly surprising to us, but it does perhaps craft, in this timeline at least, a steady decline in the importance of the celebration. 1876's centennial celebration was a huge occasion, a World's Fair was held in Philadelphia, and programming was led by Congress, though frequently funded by private sources. 
July 4th that year, already comfortably the most important public holiday in the American calendar, and in 1876, the actual centenary of the founding of the Republic, was a very, very big deal. It did not hurt that the centennial gave Americans a chance to come together and celebrate a cohesive national ideal just over a decade since the end of a civil war that had torn the country apart. A century later, 1976's bicentennial played a different role, with celebrations somewhat dispersed across the decade of the 1970s and major drives focusing on celebration of the milestone in the American education system. There were also, of course, parades. In Fallout 76, the tricentennial should in theory mark a rebirth. You and your fellow vault residents, the players, step out into a world to be reclaimed, but there's not much reclaiming likely to happen. This gives the game a very clear tonal foundation, which I thought was promising. Commemoration is all about memory and expectation and the melding together of the two, either by glossing over the cracks or refusing to acknowledge they exist. We know, as Fallout players, that things don't work out. The disappointment encountered by the player character can give meaning to the narrative, and leads us to an interesting question about how we choose to use and create and experience and perpetuate history. History, we are often told, is about learning the mistakes of the past to avoid repeating them. The Fallout series seems convinced such repetition is inevitable. Fallout 76 planned to spit the player out into a shared online world to create something amidst immense disappointment. Again, though, with none of the NPC characters that have made recent Fallout games so memorable, we're not given a lot to go on. In the end, it mostly amounts to base building. The base building is not new, of course, to many video game fans, and is in effect a crafting system, intentionally large in scope. Fallout 76's crafting system is admirably in tune with the series' aesthetic of a retro-futuristic 1950s vibe. Your camp... CAMP, or Construction and Assembly Mobile Platform, is a conglomeration of a bunch of stationary power tools that became more readily available to the public and individual craftsmen and women in the 1940s. Your camp boasts a drill press, a table saw, a grinding wheel, and various other tools that in the immediate wake of World War II started showing up in the American consumer market with more regularity, particularly in the catalogues of major department stores such as Montgomery Ward and Sears. In fact, your camp is quite reminiscent of the Shopsmith 10ER, a stationary power tool that came to market in the 1940s and persisted in various iterations for decades afterwards. The Shopsmith, a 5-in-1 tool with a mostly horizontal and relatively compact footprint, expanded out into use as a lathe for turning pieces of wood into round cylindrical objects such as table legs, a jointer for creating straight angles on the edge of lumber to use in joinery, and more. It was sold to American audiences as an entire tool shop in one small corner of the space you would otherwise need to do all of this work at which the shopsmith would surely excel. It's more than a little bit reminiscent of how you use the CAMP or CAMP in Fallout 76. This is probably my favourite thing about Fallout 76, honestly. For a series that has taken so many steps away from the original game and its sequel, this adherence to the storytelling meta of a lost 1950s is still extremely effective. It's also a great example of just how well Fallout 76 does do storytelling in specific instances, and just how historically infused that storytelling typically is. It makes sense then, perhaps, that this expands to my enjoyment of this game as an historian. Okay, enjoyment might be a bit of a stretch. Certainly Fallout 76's storytelling decisions reminded me of my day job. 
A lot has been made of the game's absence of NPCs, non-player characters. Indeed, I've been a little frustrated with this decision myself. Fallout 76 on some occasions feels like a game made for people who skip through all the NPC interactions and story beats in Fallout 3 or 4 in order to get to the combat more quickly. Except the combat is worse. Bethesda have instead placed a lot of the storytelling burden on audio logs, and in particular textual logs, located in the terminals we have long since come to know and love in a modern Fallout game. Soon after leaving the vault, you will spend a couple of quests going from one terminal to another. It is clearly the way this game intends for you to go. The player is effectively tasked with piecing things together, himself or herself. When this works, it really works quite well, evoking a sense of desperation as you go looking for some shred of hope, some aspect of the world you waited to reclaim has in fact survived. This is at times uncannily akin to sensations I've had working in archives. Though the writers of Fallout 76 thankfully give the player a clearer pathway to something more coherent than a historian can hope to expect to see, you are still left piecing together fragments of information. If you follow the early quest lines to the letter, the order of these testimonies is somewhat coherent, but it does not take much to drift from that path and at last complicate things. Instead of talking to NPCs, you are left with the detritus of their passing, abandoned bases and terminals full of messages intended for you or some other person not coming back, and entries for their personal use of diaries and things like that. It seems to me that the game is going for something of a haunting, melancholy aesthetic, and in its best moments it achieves this. Maybe it just says something about the way that I approach my work that this speaks to me, but historians know full well what it's like to gather information, pour through messages, many of which were never written for you, trying to piece everything together into some form of an understandable whole, or to figure out what is missing and what that tells us. I have not progressed to the endgame of Fallout 76 yet, but all signs and grumblings on the internet point to a lack of any true, definitive ending. That is historical work too. We don't just figure things out anymore. If anything, we uncover new areas of uncertainty to tackle in our next project or to open up possibilities for others. Historians do important work, and I love my work, but trawling through a set of documents and other sources, either loosely organised together or apparently only tangentially related, can get a little lonely and a little tiring. Perhaps Fallout 76 has captured that feeling a little too well for some players. Thank you for watching History Respawned. We love working on this project and we benefit enormously from the ongoing support of our patrons. If you would like to support our work, please consider visiting this project on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash history respawned. You can also find us at www.historyrespawned.com and we have a podcast available on iTunes and wherever good podcasts can be found. Thank you for watching.